Yeah. Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready now? Yes. Sure. Yeah. Sweat Equity Podcast and Streaming Show, number one comedy business podcast in the world. Meow, meow, meow. Pragmatic entrepreneurial advice with real raw dog talk. Yeah. We're 2020 best small, medium enterprise business advisory podcast in the United States of America. Yeah. Thanks to Lux Global Excellence Awards, proudly hosted by Lux Life Magazine. We have got a really great business development or building development guest, William Henson. He's going to drop some macro knowledge on us about development, about real estate, going all the way out of the Ozarks to talk to us. This podcast is sponsored to, to you by Warby Parker. I can feel you looking at me while I'm, I'm stuttering through, and I don't like it. I don't like your gaze, you gay. Uh, Warby Parker, warbyparkertrial.com forward slash sweat. Get you five free pairs to try it at home. Warby Parker, the disruptor in the eyeglass sunglass game. Uh, don't get ripped off by lens crafters where you're paying three hundred to six hundred dollars for. Make it a thousand. Uh, it, some of them are so absurd. Did you know that there's a monopoly owned by one Italian company called Lexotica that owns ninety-seven percent of the eyeglass sunglass market? You think you're getting Ray-Bans? You're getting Lexotica, baby. That's why they're so expensive. They own Oakley. They own all of the brands, but not Warby Parker. Warby Parker was created by four Northwestern students, NBA students that go, why, why is this so expensive? So warbyparkertrial.com forward slash sweat to get five free pairs of trying at home. That link helps our show out. It helps you out. Get five free pairs, try at home. You can type in your prescription. You can uh, uh, submit it online like I did and they will fill it out for you. You get it back. Bing, bam, boom. You don't even have to leave your house. How great is that? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Let's get this party started. Howdy, daddy. about my sweat equity? Sweat equity. I love it. All right, guys, I'm, re- I'm ready when y'all are. We, we can just ride with it. We're good. Uh, all right. You, you okay? I'm great. You're going to make it? Yeah. Eric's okay. a little – he's got – you know when uh, Eric's in that, that zone, like the Jordan flu game where everybody thought he had the flu? When he, when he, when really Michael Jordan just yeah. partied in Vegas the night before or something like that. Yeah, basically, exactly right. That's, that's basically where Eric's at, and this is a good. That I hope we keep this part in. Well, he dropped forty three. What was it? What was the number? I don't know. Oh, he dropped a ridiculous amount. I don't remember the number either. I remember being in summer camp. If I was camp. truly Jordan, I would have known the number. <laughs> yeah, you're you're the Jordan of not knowing Jordan's number. Yes, mm-hmm. that's it. Uh, William Henson, hit him with hit, hit everybody with your plugs. Where to find your stuff, like your YouTube channel, and and tell us what you got going on. Yeah, absolutely, uh, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, happy to be here. And uh, so my name is William Henson. I've been a real estate developer for about ten years now. Uh, you can find one of my companies at rphre.com or rphdevelopment.com. And then my YouTube channel is just youtube.com slash William Henson, H-E-N-S-O-N. And uh, anybody watching this episode, you know, uh, Mr. Henson, 
out Florida us. Eye candy. <laughs> you look well, so- I mean, I thought, you know, I thought I'd put on some palm trees and some neon to come on the Sweat Equity podcast. Well, I, I love it. No, I appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate any any effort, especially of an adult beverage as well. That's good. Oh, absolutely. Well, G&T. <laughs> so this, this might get a little uh, off the rails today. Uh, <laughs> but I would say when I was looking at your stuff – is part of your branding too, because you are in where, where in Arkansas are you? I'm in Northwest Arkansas in Fayetteville um, is Northwest Arkansas is where the Ozark mountains are. And it's Walmart is headquartered here in Bentonville. So is Tyson foods and JB hunt. So Big it's, a, it's, a, it's extremely uh, growing Metroplex. When I was in college here, there was 250,000 in the Metro. There's almost 650 now. Wow. Big metro. Well, uh, well, uh, not compared to you gentlemen down there, but what I'm getting at is for Arkansas and the you know, Mid-South area, Louisiana and Mississippi and, and Oklahoma, so it's a very thriving metro. There's, uh, I've been through there. And that's, I, know, I know what it's about. I've, yeah. I've done stand-up all over that area. Um, Humble brag. Yeah. You gotta stop it with that. Pretty, pretty, all the comedians pretty. listening to this, pretty jealous that I got to do Fayetteville. And uh, Little Rock. Yeah, you should, you should come Arcana. back and have a good time. Texarkana was one of my Ooh. favorite shows. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, played at the Perot Theater. JK. Nice. We're not big enough for that. We played at some bar. But, uh, <laughs> but I remember. When you don't know at all what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't think the joke really hits. No. Uh, <laughs> um, Which one's the bad one? The Perot Theater, Ross Perot. Yeah. From, I know Ross do you Perot. Think it's, do you but... think it's a small theater? Can I get a minute? Obviously not. Can I get a minute? Now. Uh, uh, it's, it's a theater. Let's just, I thought that was enough context. Oh. Do we want to break down jokes? Pee Wee Herman got arrested in a theater, buddy. All right. In Sarasota. Like that's in true. our neck of the wood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was an hour south of us. Um, well, speaking of 90s stuff, I bring up Walmart. You know, remember when there's all that Walmart hate in the 90s? I feel Absolutely. like there was like, you can't, you shouldn't shop there because. The prices are too low. It still kind of goes on today a little bit, but man, I remember that being rampant in the late nineties, early two thousands when like everyone was talking shit, like you can't go to Walmart. <clears throat> they're, they're a monopoly on retail. They don't pay their, they don't pay their employees. And then that kind of just went away a little bit. I think as the internet maybe took some of their market share, but you know, and, and Amazon has pushed them and that's part of how we'll go into the development with this. Because of Walmart is the biggest driving force in this area that I'm in, there's there's 28 people a day moving to Northwest Arkansas. And there are Walmart and the foundation and the the communities are paying young professionals $10,000 a month to live here or $10,000 a year to to live here for a duration of 12 months. You get 10,000, you get a free bike. And to explore the area because Walmart is building their $1.6 billion headquarters. They've already broken ground on it in Bentonville right now. So Walmart is doing something different than Amazon. Amazon and, and Oracle and all these large corporations are actually what they've done traditionally is seek talent. They will go to, you know, Silicon Valley and they'll go down to Florida and they'll go to Texas and they will pull talent or they will set up offices there more and less and have talent work for them globally. Well, Walmart has done something different. Walmart's saying, our cost of living is better. We can pay you the same. 
we're going to basically rebuild an entire area of this state and you can make as much as you do in Southern California here and live twice as good. So they're actually bringing talent in and their stick is we're going to build up this every, so like, for example, Northwest Arkansas is the only place in America that has a top golf that's under a million people. A top, it's, a top it, golf under a million people. Yeah. If you look at all the top golfs, they're in large metroplexes more and less. We're, oh, we're the first right. one to have one that has under a million in a metroplex. Mm. And also the amphitheaters, the size of the one they have in Dallas or the pyramid in Memphis or any of those areas, the new amphitheater they built. So they are building all of these attractions. And then you have Crystal Bridges Museum that uh, Allison Walton built that was a billion dollars. And I think she built it 10 years ago, 15, 12 years ago, somewhere around there. I'm not exactly sure. Don't quote me on it. I have to look it up. But it's done so well that they're now adding 200 million to it, increasing it by 50% even further. So Walmart is the driving force of implanting all of these people here, but giving them what they had, 80% of what they had in Los Angeles, as an example, with better pay and better uh, cost of living. Yeah, it's interesting. And you and I met. And when we we're both living and uh, I, I think you lived in LA too. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when you compare like just, I mean, now, now it's even more egregious. I feel like uh, we both moved ahead of the curve uh, out of there, but it was one of those things where like, I was like, I was looking towards the future. I was like, okay, if I made any money living in California at some point, um, I would get so much less than anywhere else in the country. You know, like uh, you have kids that go, the school systems are horrendous. The traffic is, that was the biggest driving force, I think, because I was in traffic for three to four hours a day. Well, I mean, it, it, it's, it's well known. I mean, uh, just take that when I was getting my MBA, they always said 70,000, 75,000 to 80,000 was the number that people got comfortable with and, and stopped kind of striving to accomplish more goals they, they were able to be comfortable at that level but the argument has always been seventy five thousand in the south or the west coast is totally different right right you know, and, totally and you, you think like oh well you moved to la or you moved to a big city they'll pay for that price of living uh because they have to for for skilled labor it's the opposite the market demands it <clears throat> People like my first, I think my first job at a mutual fund company out of college was like 26 grand, something like insane. Oh, was it really? Something wow. like, yeah. And it was, it was a big company. It was like, it was mm -hmm. worth doing it because I could, I could grow within the company, but 26 grand living in LA, you can't, you, you can barely, maybe it was 36, but it was, it was still quite low. You gave yourself a big raise there, buddy. I don't know. I can't. I remember being <laughs> like, oh, everything just goes out the door immediately. I don't, I'm going to have to get a second job on the weekends. It was that. that well, big, I, I you know? think there, you know, and to add to that, I think it's different if you're 23 or even under up to 25, your, your mindset's a little different than compared to when you get older and you have bigger goals and accomplishments. And then if you don't have a large pay increase, you know, those palm trees don't pay for themselves in Southern California. Even though they were implanted, I don't they're even implanted. think they were yeah, it's actually. A, it's a desert. That's <laughs> I think don't Florida is about the only state that actually has real palm trees. Right, right, exactly. And you're right. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah I didn't yeah. know they were not native to California. Uh, L.A. is a it's a desert until you get to about west of the 405, which should tell you everything. Right. When 
when you're doing it by built by the ancients. Well, yeah, when you're doing it, when you're going, hey, uh, this man-made structure basically is the line between uh, tropical kind of beachy right. area and right. and then once you get east of there, which isn't like Beverly Hills, Westwood, and then go to West Hollywood, where all my gay bros live. Um, it's all, it's I mean, it's that's a deserty kind of environment that's been built on. I mean, I I was driving around yesterday or two days ago, uh, coming over here. Uh, to Eric's place, where we're in our makeshift studio. Um, it might be a little echoey. Say studio. Uh, yeah. Well, we, you know, uh, we look a little sweaty in here because it's a little hot. I know. And I've farted a lot, and uh, that is the real I've, problem. I've hot boxed it a bit. The, I'm you, getting you high with my own supply over here. Oh, there you go. <laughs> the uh, what what is interesting, I'll tell you, is besides COVID. I don't know if y'all had seen the new census that has been updated. They actually lost a seat in the representative department. California did for the first time in history. Really? They actually lost population and lost a seat, I think, in the House mm-hmm. um, for the first time ever. I think Illinois did as well, while the South predominantly gained more seats than they actually have. So you can see the population moving. And people vote with their feet, regardless of politics. You know, they, they vote with their feet. And it's part of the driving force for what we're seeing in development also. And COVID is part of an example of that. And there's, I mean, I can give you an example right now. I I just, I just got a lumber package sent to me, not even 30 minutes ago for a new project that I'm doing. It's a single family house that I'm doing near campus. It's going to be college kids living in it. And, uh, I don't know if I said, by the way, but my brother and I own the business together, RPH Development. We predominantly do uh, multifamily student housing projects. Uh, we don't like apartments. We like townhome complex styles. Yep. Yeah. Uh, LS, LSD projects. Large-scale development is what that means. It means something right. different to us. Yeah. 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 And then uh, we also LSD do... Projects. LSD, that's it. And then um, we also do uh, single-family homes picked in the right area by by campus and that is what we do and to give you an example we were i, I just got a lumber package today the normal lumber package for a 2500 square foot house two-story uh in this market is usually around about 20 22 to twenty-six thousand dollars, somewhere in there depending on how many balconies you have how many decks uh, things like that you know, I'm just talking about more and less a box, uh, colonial style, southern style house that's two story is usually around that price range. I just got my lumber package back today and it's forty nine thousand two hundred and ten dollars. Whoa. So, so the so for l- the same house. Yeah, nothing was, has changed. Gonna, lumber prices have gone exponentially higher. Right. I've, I've definitely been hearing about that. Lumber prices are, let me give an example. I read this the other day. I don't know how accurate the number actually is from the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, yeah. But but it is is the truth. So last year, April of 2021, lumber prices are up 274%. This is a national average compared to April of this year. Check those numbers. Whoa! And next, the first thing law pulls up uh, up three hundred and twenty three percent. That's why I said on, it, on it, it could be the law's right wing website. My alt right yeah. site called fortune.com. Uh, 
Yeah, but that's retail price. So, I mean, that, that definitely would affect wholesale price as well. And they have some blending averages in there as well, because not every market is the exact same. Right. And, but what's interesting about COVID, I'll give you, I'll give you a couple bits on this. So there are 32 million Americans between the age of 27 and 33. And with that being said, that's the prime buying age. That's the target audience for people buying homes. Really? And, yes, it is. Huh. And COVID. Yeah, that makes sense. Almost out of the blue. <laughs> and and co COVID didn't create a new demand. That's what people don't understand. The demand was already there. But what COVID did, it escalated the demand because the lumber mills actually shut down at the start of COVID like many other businesses. Mm -hmm. When they came back into production, the demand was still there and even higher because now people wanted to add on to their homes because they wanted a personal office they could work remotely from. They wanted to redo their house because they wanted to spend more time in their house because of all the remote working. So you add this, these, these, the escalation of the demand, and that would be one example, that has pushed the lumber prices and commodity prices higher. So it's not like that they are not working and turning out the lumber. They are. The demand is even further than expected because of the 32 million people that I just said that are be between the ages of 27 and 33. That's prime buying. Well, what about the older people that are very worried about COVID that want to renovate that, you know, and add a home office in? Well, they weren't accounting for things like that. People then also fleeing from coastal cities. I thought that you were had, see family members. <laughs> do, do what now? I thought you were going to say family members. Oh. <laughs> Fleeing from family members? Yeah. Well, you know what? Some Let's of them add might on agree, a new wing to the house. Yeah, I mean, this is know? daddy's wing now, yeah. okay? Yeah, I'm a, Absolutely. I'm a COVID divorce, technically. the laser door. <laughs> well, I mean, build an ADU, an assisted dwelling unit in your backyard, and boom, there you go. Okay. You know? You could flee from the family. Well, and uh, do you? Th so you're saying a lot of it's the psychology. I didn't want to wreck your your uh, your stride there. Uh, Eric already did it. By <laughs> no, it's all good. It. Go ahead. But, yeah, fire away, gentlemen. <laughs> well, I thought his breathing was going to stop you, but I want to make him oh, self conscious man. about it. <laughs> but um, I, my 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 dumb guy view of it was uh, what you're saying is it, it accelerated that group a lot. A lot that faster. is correct. It, I, it's I would, accelerated that group. My theory was everybody was stuck inside and basically had more time on their hands to look around their house and were like, I got to fix this dump up or I'm going to be, I, I have to do something. I need to do some kind of project because DIY projects went up through the roof, which will cascade well, over to more, you know, residential improvements or commercial improvements eventually. I, I think you're right there. But what I was saying, the, that age group of 27 to 33, the demand was already there for them to buy houses. Right. If you go below or above that, what you're saying is correct, basically. Yeah. Um, that's where the people wanted to buy a home office. They wanted to fix their house up because they were spending a lot more time there. All of that is true. Um, the problem that I am worried about as a developer and in the industry, I'll just tell you the truth, is inflation. Because with inflation going up, the banks have to make that back. They have to raise the interest rates. Mm -hmm. And when interest rates go up, then you actually have less buyers because 
that age group I'm talking about, they weren't around Law and Eric when, when we were buying houses in Los Angeles in 2009, eight. I remember bu- I bought my first house in Los Angeles in 08 or nine, I think, or right, right before it started to really tip bad. Mm-hmm. And, but the interest rate, I can't remember exactly, was 6.7 or 6.5, somewhere around there. And I thought it was a great interest rate at that time. But this <laughs> demographic of kids coming in, they've only ever seen interest rates at three at 2.8 and 3.2 and and somewhere in that range for five to 10 years now right they've never really seen interest rates double so when they're planning to buy that house that one house they're looking at right now at 3.1 percent interest you can afford it move a roommate in this and that young professional fine but it but when that payment doubles and the interest rate goes up because of the inflation that we're experiencing we could have a serious problem like we did in 08, 07, 08, 09 at, at that time, right? We which, really could. Which was, you know, we still kind of look back at 08, 09 and still haven't pinpointed it. I feel like we don't have one villain in that. Um, bailout wasn't good by my... Do, are you still thinking about that? Uh, yeah, because... you going to find the guy who did it? No, it, it's because I'm trying to get to historical kind of up and down because this isn't anything new right no macroeconomics in the country this has always been a thing that it goes up and down and you probably know it better than i do but i'm saying probably (laughs) likely because uh, this is not my sweet spot but like i'm like stay focused inflation inflation rate all right don't don't, stay in the zone because mortgages insurance accounting finance i'm all like all right you got to really focus on this because this is all adult stuff that I still Peter Panning my way <laughs> you through. You might know it better. Yeah, maybe you might know it a lot better. Right? Hey, to be honest with you, all the best economists are Peter Panning their way through it as well. Nobody <laughs> really knows what the hell's going to happen. Well, that, that so know? my my thing is like, how do you how do you uh, suppress the anxiety of uh, of forthcoming kind of stuff like that? Well, I I, I tell uh, that's a really hard question to answer. To be honest with you, I think it's a you know, a personal basis between everybody. Yeah, I'm just saying like- But but, um, I I tell people this when they ask me questions about, oh, I want to buy this house or that. And the funny part is when I'm, especially I'm at the crap table in Vegas or somewhere having a good time and I tell somebody I'm a real estate developer. Sure sure enough, about an hour goes by, all they remember I'm in real estate. Right. And And then they ask me, well, I would like to buy this condo. You think you could help me buy this condo? And I'm like, you just basically walked in to an orthopedic surgeon's uh-huh. office and said, my heart hurts. Right. Help me. They don't get I don't, that either. I, right? I'm not an agent. I'm not a broker. I have nothing to do with that. I'm a developer. There's two different, you know, different types within the same industry. Well, it, it's and, like uh, we tell people when they hire an attorney, they're like, yeah, but I got my family law attorney during my personal injury shit. And you're like, no, <laughs> don't do that. Why? Why? Why is he taking that? A hundred percent. And I tell people, if you're going to buy a house today, we'll just break it down instead of, uh, and we'll go to investment property in a minute, but we'll stick to the personal, you know, that demographic I was talking about, 27 to 33, somewhere around there. If you're going to buy your first home, because of the variables that are in play with the market and the economy and inflation right now, I tell everybody, buy that house knowing you probably could be in it five to 10 years minimum. But that's my because, life. That's my lifelong investment. That's you know, my home, and forever home. It, correct. But the problem is, 
it has changed back from our grandparents' age. They used to buy a house, have a first one they lived in together. They would build a house, buy another one, and most of them would die in it. So they'd have, they more or less would have two houses their, life, their lifetime. We are now up to almost four. It's three point something, three and a half, almost four houses you'll actually have in your lifetime. And you don't think about it, but think how many people have actually bought a house and they turn around and have already sold it. They, you know, they grew their kids. Usually you, you get married, you get your house. You you and and then that house get you have divorced. Get divorced. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not even I'm not even there yeah. <laughs> have kids then get divorced because the divorce rate's like sixty yeah. percent right so. Oh yeah, so then I mean you can add that. That's why I said there's four. So you, you get the you dad get your first pad. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you get the dad pad. You get the man cave. You do all that, and then you get in. You, you you have a you know you get married. You have a family. Then you outgrow that house, and then you buy or build a new one, and then you raise your kids in that. And then, like you said, you could get divorced or y'all decide that it, you've, the kids are now gone. You want to downsize, then you downsize again. And then at, at another point, there is the where when you're older, that house that you even downsized to could be two stories or whatnot. You need to move to a one story house. So I'm always thinking very long term because that's what I do. And that's what people, the psychology of of a family or a person, that's what they're actually thinking. They just don't know it yet. That's just the trajectory of society today compared to what it was 50 to 70 years ago. Yeah. My, my parents are an example of that. I grew up in, the, I never moved in my house. They had it for 38 years and they mm-hmm. sold it to our neighbor uh, and they moved Knocked under, it right on they, down. Nope. That was part of the process. They, they made the demo that baby. Nope. Yeah. Couldn't do it. That's part. Then. That's part of the conditions. They couldn't knock it down. I think. I, I think in a weird way, for maybe one of a, one of the then. three kids to buy it at some point, buy it back. I don't know. I haven't asked them because yeah. I'm not near dream. that zone of throwing down a million cash for a house. But um, they moved into a two two bedroom condo, and they're looking around at each other in the COVID era, and like they want to kill each other. So yeah, this all plays. This all tracks. Yeah, because that's their it, era. A lot of information there. <laughs> And it just, that's why I said, I just tell people, be cautious because of the environment today. Interest rates have been very low for a long time. That house that you really like now that you can afford, you might not be able to afford it depending on the loan that you get. Hopefully you lock in a good fixed rate, 30-year mortgage loan. Some people can't afford it because some people don't have W-2 income or there's a W-9. I'm getting them backwards. Um, You know, they have 1099 income. And it's harder to get a 30-year fixed mortgage with that. The banks are very against that for various reasons because of what happened in 08 and 09. W9 and, and 1099 are the ones that are harder. W2 is like you got your regular job. Yeah, yeah. W hell, that's the easiest. That's why the guy at McDonald's get a better loan than I can. Right. I mean, I'm I'm sincerely mean that. No, you I really can't. I've I've been there. I when I had my own agency, it was that it was like you only make this much. I was like, yeah, but a lot of stuff goes through the business. They're like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I'm like, well, it's, yeah, but the gross is good. Like I could put it, you know, the company car could be back in the household stuff. And they're like, well, yeah, it's just, you, you need to show that in a better way. I was like, all right. My, my employees could get a better loan than I could if we were going for the same standard, uh, standard house for a standard price because they have the income that proves it. But me, that they look at it and go, well, but you own the business. So what if the business goes busted? I'm like, exactly. Well, what if, the, how's that any different than the employee that I have? Right. But the banks look at it very differently. 
They Why just not do. put yourself on the payroll? And well, it doesn't help because my name's <laughs> on the business. I mean, I could, but it, it, it wouldn't do any good. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. So what do you? What does an entrepreneur do uh, in that situation? Because that that might be good I, advice for anybody listening. Honestly, the uh, I will say this: it, it's a lot of people don't want to do it, but find yourself that W income somewhere mm-hmm. that is a steady income from some outside of your own business, because that does play in well. I mean, stocks, cash, cash is king. Cash has always been king, but not a lot of people, unfortunately, in the U.S. have savings that can afford to pay cash for a house. It just is the nature of the beast, you know? And so with that being said, I would highly suggest you get some type of documented W income from somewhere to help you along the way to make that purchase price. Because if it's all 1099 income, the bank gets real iffy about it, unless you find a really good banker that uh, can help you finagle a few things but again he's against the regulations mm-hmm. so he can only go so far um that would be the that's the advice i would have it's not what everybody wants to hear you know getting another job or getting some w income but honestly that is the best way to do it you know i i i was definitely that person that didn't want to admit to that didn't want to do that after mm-hmm. going through it and it took me a while till our power business attorney Stephen fantetti uh, frequent guest on the show was like, I've been telling you for years, you need to be doing both. And I was like, ah, <laughs> that's why, that's why you're telling me that. Well, and, and it's, it's more of an ego thing. And that's the no, one thing we've got to, we've that, got to suppress. That was an ego death mushroom trip. I had to take to figure it out. You know what? And, and the truth is when it comes to ego, nobody wants to be seen starting at the bottom. They just want to already kind of be in the middle and then go to the top. Nobody wants to be seen starting at the bottom. And that is your ego talking. And when you can remove that, you, your, your, your self-worth and power skyrockets because you, then you don't care what anybody says because you believe in yourself so much, you know where you're going. Yeah, and mine was masked by saying, well, if I do this, I won't be able to do that. And I was making an inverse opportunity cost almost. In that oh, you know, I, I will uh, a plug a friend of mine um, on it. We'll go a little off the rails, but it stays exactly in the same realm that we're talking about right now. This has been the most on the rails show we've done. Yeah, so. okay. yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> these are focused, dude. Yeah. <laughs> You're throwing out stats like you got autism, bro. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just oh. I, I need one of those guys with autism because those guys can remember everything. I mean that. I mean, those guys are fantastic. Seriously. Yeah. Love those kids. Um, and he was a big Star Wars nerd in Los Angeles. My good friend, Chandler Rilko, and he's been a friend of mine for a long time, has a YouTube called uh, GQ Jedi. What if you're into GQ Star Jedi? Wars, mm-hmm. take a look at it. And he had all these Star Wars, con, you know, these toys and everything else. And I kept telling him, I was like, man, you know, this is not making you money. You can't do this. But he surprised me, did something really interesting. He's like, I love this so much. I know so much about this. I'm going to start my own YouTube channel. Unboxing Star Wars figures, everything else. Within six weeks of him putting a video out every week, yeah, he grew from literally five to 10 subscribers to over a thousand. And But he knew it. He's good at it. There's a market for it. 
And now he's plowing at it. And I couldn't be happier or more proud of him for that. But that's the example. He always was like, I don't want, you know, I don't want to be seen start from the bottom. And then one day he woke up and he's like, I'm just going to start this channel. I'm going to be at the bottom. And he did. And he progressed. And now every day he's going out more and more subscribers and he's blowing his channel up. That's just an example that I was using as a personal friend of mine that said, I've had enough of this. I'm going to go do this because I, I know what I'm talking about. And that's, he's one of those guys that could tell you everything about Star Wars. But, and I don't know anything about it. But even sometimes I'll pop on his channel and learn something about some of the characters that he knows about and he talks about in the figures and how much they're worth and this and that. And, but it's interesting because, like I said, nobody wants to be seen from starting from the bottom. No. Yeah, that's definitely an ego aspect of it. Uh, going back a second, uh, that, that stat of, of savings came into my head from 2017 six in 10 Americans don't have $500 in their savings. So when you're talking to, (laughs) so, but that's an older stat. It's probably worse now (laughs) because of COVID. But um, yeah, I mean, we're not good savers and that's an ego thing too. You know? No, I agree. Now there's saving. The word saving is interesting to me because if you put it... It could be a juke stat for sure. Well, absolutely. And I blame... I mean, I've got an MBA and I think it's worthless. And I'm like with Elon Musk. I think college is going to school now saying you can do your chores. I think he's 100% right about that. I agree with that. Because I I have guys that are plumbers that everybody made fun of in high school. And then now those guys... Try to get a plumber. Even here, I'm sure it's the same way in Florida... The plumber comes out, charge you $150, does a couple of things and leaves within an hour. And he's so busy. It's two weeks to get somebody out there. Everybody wants to fight Joe, the plumber. Well, Joe, the plumber actually makes a couple, you know, a hundred something thousand plus a year, has zero debt and has his own business. Probably has two or three guys working for him as well. And and putting equity into the business, building something, but it's looked upon as low, terrible job but it actually makes really good money. So we're electricians. So, you know, HVAC guys, that's the where I'm going is not, trades, like, trade, trade, trade schools. Trades are going out of style, yeah. Trades are where it's at right now. If you're specializing in something and very good, that's why architects can make $200 an hour if you're really good at it. Even the young buck architects, but, they're, but they are specializing more, just like a doctor in a specific category. That's why they make their money. I'm talking about the average person. Anybody could go to trade school, have little to no debt, and come out way earlier than somebody that's pressed to go take a hundred something thousand loan through college, and then go get a job like you said when you first started, and you're supposed to, you're making thirty five six you know thirty five forty thousand. That's your first job, even though you're educated, but you have all this debt you have to pay off. Society, I think, is is, is backwards in that department. Personally, I think we have pushed too hard for college. And we're ignoring how many trades that we actually need to compete in a global society. And we should be pushing kids to that. Everybody doesn't have to go to college. Here's what was put to me with plumbers, especially. What are you going to, plumbing infrastructure is not going to change, right? There's not going to be a new technology that's going to move your Duke from one place to the next. People ain't going to stop pooping. Right. And and it's one of those things where. It never stops. It's not, yeah, we're not going to figure in the next 
50 years, the, the technology is not going to change. They figured how to close the butthole. Right? Well, and, I, that, I, and air you, conditioning is not different because... Uh, it's only going to get hotter. Because we're getting softer, too, right? Yeah, too. I mean, we're uh, you're you're now getting probably as hot as we are over here. Um, uh, and it's, oh, my God. Oh, it, it's... it's I, I, what's hilarious is I'm wearing this. I've got the AC on 68 because it's 86 outside and humid as hell right now. Yeah, we're, we're, we're getting in the 90s already. Oh, right? yeah, it's it's 86 right here right now, and it's humid. I mean, I walked outside, walked the dog around. He, uh, he, he's, he's passed on the out cold right floor. there. Yeah, yeah he's, he's on the cold floor right now. So is, I mean, it's humid so is as hell. dog. Yeah, it's one and one of those. Here's a little fun fact. Okay, here we go. Tampa's never had a, a, a temperature of a, over 100 degrees, 100 or more. Yeah. No kidding, really, yeah. never. Yeah, y'all get it occasionally, but not us. It's the what, well, and you know what, uh, Eric, or, or was it Eric, or was it Bob? One of y'all brought up something about the plumbing. Um, Eric's very high, so that was me. Yeah. I love it. I, I love plumbing. it. <laughs> well, on on the plumbing part, you guys brought up something, and it, it just. Um, I've got a note here that I looked at. I looked up the other day to make sure it was right. I, PVC pipe, drywall, copper piping, wire, all of those commodities in, in, in general, um, those, or I should say, trades, uh, all of those increased by 25 to 40% for the material alone. Mm-hmm. So that goes back to COVID, the same deal. Not just is the lumber prices way out of whack, everybody wants to talk about because it, it's the hot topic, you know, it's global. Um, the material that you need that goes inside of the home is up 25 to 40%, not 250 or 300%. But that is an added cost that a lot of people can't afford to do when they're building a medium size home at 2,500 square feet at any, depending on your market, anywhere from 300 to half a million across the country. I mean, that's, it, it adds in thousands of thousands of dollars that are not budgeted that makes it almost impossible to finish the project well um we got to close this out i want to get you back on in a month because you i think we only got you know tip of the iceberg of a lot of you, you were sure. able to pull out like ken jennings amount of facts um on a macro <laughs> scale and i could listen to that stuff all day uh the one one thing we got to ask you because it's the first time you've been on what advice would you give your 13 year old self you can go back bill and ted style in a phone booth <laughs> And you can find yourself at 13, grab yourself by uh, suspenders. I'm just guessing because it's the South. And uh, yeah. and, yep. and, and say something. You know what? That's a really good question. I haven't thought about that in a long time. And honestly, if, if I had to say something, I would probably say find mul- try multiple things to find passion sooner. And then also worry about partying later in life. <laughs> not earlier yeah i just think because then you would put more emphasis more um drive into some passion and then if you're really good at something the money always comes because you truly love it you're not doing it for a paycheck you're doing it because you love it and when you do that the money is going to come find you and then after that you have all the time and fun and you're more secure with yourself later in life yeah that's what i would probably tell myself 
I like it. Yeah, I, there's probably something I'd say to myself as well. Party a little too much. I mean, we, you and I met really fucked yep. up at our friend Karen's yeah. party. So yeah, we we were we were having a good time. I think we talked about all about SEC sports, ACC yeah. sports. I mean, when you find football. someone in LA that knows anything about SEC football, and you're like, oh, I'll just talk to this person. No, 100. percent Yeah, no, we, we we had a few cocktails during that. <laughs> well, all right, man. Uh, thanks for coming on. We'll we'll rebook you uh, probably in a month. Yeah, absolutely, I gentlemen. I, I really appreciate y'all inviting me over the podcast. I had a really good time. Thank you, thanks, Eric. Law, Thank thanks, gentlemen. Yeah.